to Brave Knitting, Episode 6, with a release date of December 15th, and today we are talking about... Casting on. Casting on. <laughs> it's something you have to do if you're going to knit, right? Woohoo! Woohoo! And by the way, I'm Ann. And I'm Linda. There we go. <laughs> so. And, all right, so, is casting on... <laughs> fun for you? Is it like a new I like beginning? It. You, you like I it? I do like it. It doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Um, sometimes the only thing that ever messes me up is if I have to cast on a lot, you know, like 200 stitches. Right. I have found with myself that I have to almost use little stitch markers. Otherwise I lose count and nothing worse than having to go back and count uh, 150 stitches because somebody talked to you, you know, right, and you right. forgot where you were. No, I hate that. And yeah, and I'm kind of the same way that yeah. Remember that sweater I did a couple of years ago where I had to cast on like 830 oh, stitches? <laughs> that Crazy. Was, that's, that's the most I've ever had to do. Yikes. Yes. So how did you learn to cast on? When I learned, um, the person cast on for me and I was just working on knitting and I kept messing up. So I went on YouTube and I guess I learned a basic knitted cast on that one made the most sense to me of all the youtube videos that i saw okay so, so you you make a slip knot yes you stick your needle in as if to knit you sort of knit the stitch and then slip it back on the slip needle. it back on that's exactly okay what i did yes i think and i don't really remember specifically but i think that is how i learned also way back in um you know, when, when Wilma taught us back in the eighties. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't really, I don't specifically remember. Okay. What do you use now? I mean, what is your preference now? Um, for, for a little while I used the long tail cast on mm -hmm. only because it, it seems to be the most popular, right? Right. It's when we, we kind of hear about the most, but a few years ago, I was taking a class from Stephen B., right, um, who has a store in Minneapolis and, you know, kind of a well-known crazy designer. Right. And when I was taking Stephen B.'s class, <clears throat> he talked about the Mama, or, yeah, Mama, Mama Krista's double-double, double-double cast-on. And at the time, I was doing the long tail, but my cast-ons didn't look that great. Mm -hmm. And so when he mentioned that, I just thought, oh, I should try this. And I went and I found the, there's a YouTube video. So if you, you know, Google Mama Krista's double-double cast on, you'll see Stephen B. Um, on, the, on YouTube demonstrating how to do it. And so I started doing it. It took me a while to kind of get it down. And, but I really like it. And my, okay. my cast on just looks a lot neater than it used to. Than it used to. And um, what I discovered today, actually, is that it's it's very similar to a, a cast-on called the double start. Okay. And But according to Mama Krista, <laughs> that nobody in the United States has ever done this before, that she learned it, in I think, in Germany when she was a child. Right. And that she's never seen it anywhere Poland in any other or book somewhere. or anything. Yep. But um, okay. today when I was looking through a book, um, I noticed it seems very similar to uh, something called the double start. Huh. Um, you know, actually, that's when I learned the long tail, is after you went to Stephen B.'s class, you told me about that video 
and you told me that he explains it in a really kind of cute way, like, you know, through the rabbit hole, grab the carrot, all this kind of stuff. And having been an elementary education <laughs> major with a specialization in early childhood, that appealed to me. So I went over and watched that. And uh, that's how I learned the long tail cast on. I think he does a very good job okay. of explaining it. I never got the double double. I, that's where I fell off the turnip truck. But um, yeah, I, I've used that long tail cast on ever since then. And I think it's a great video. Okay. Yeah. And remember a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I have a friend, Chris. Hi, Chris. I know you listen to us. I have a friend, Chris, who lives in Canada and she was visiting and she came to our knitting group yes. and all. Hi, Chris. But Chris was having trouble with her cast on when she was visiting and she was saying, oh, nothing looks good anymore. And I, I, I said, well, try the, try the mom and Chris done. And the whole week she was here, she, she would, was working on it and she could not get it, could not get it. And, hmm. and I thought, well, you know, sometimes you just, right. Something, something isn't right gel. for you and yeah. whatever. But I, I talked to her about a week ago and she said, I finally got the mama Krista and oh. I really like it and it's working for me. Oh, um, that's awesome. Cause yeah, before she was finding that, and I guess people, new knitters find this and, and this is what was happening to me that, that with the long tail, it was just kind of like things were uneven, like some stitches would be too loose and right. some were too tight. Um, I, I also know that when I first started knitting and I did the, the knitted cast on, mm -hmm. which is also very similar to the cabled cast on, right? Right. And with the knitted, you go into the stitch with the cable, you kind of go between, go the, between stitch. the stitches. Mm -hmm. But preparing for this episode, I was just kind of experimenting with some cast ons and I noticed that when I tried to do the cabled cast on, mm -hmm. my stitches were really, really tight. Right. It, it is a tighter one. They, um, I was reading about it as well, but it's very supportive. It's, um, but okay. yeah. And if you want it to be more stretchy, you can, it said something about being able to stretch out the stitches or, or do them a little bit further apart. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Um, okay. yeah, I found that I to had to stretchier. be like yeah. really loose. Otherwise they were. Right. Really tight. And I think that's how my knitting was back okay. 30 years ago. You know what? The only problem that I find with a long tail cast on is, you know, I always try to estimate how much yarn I'm going to need <laughs> by wrapping it around the needle. But I always end up with this tail that is way too long. I guess, you know, I've been in the other situation where I thought, well, I'm not going to do that again. So I used less yarn and then had to start over because I didn't have enough. But you know what that is? What is it? I, I, I found this the other day and I'll talk about my, I had a really major misbehave recently <laughs> okay. that, but it was on that project that I realized that, you know, I would do that little, you know, measurement thing. Yeah. And then, but then I would measure that out all on the long tail and. Oh, that's it's true. Only, it's, it's coming it's from both sides. <laughs> yeah. So, Duh. so maybe okay. try that. Right. And I only know that because I just did that recently. And I was, when I was done, I was kind of like, well, yeah. how can I have like right. three feet left? And then I thought, oh, because I only needed to do, I'm only getting half the stitches from this, from right. the tail. That's a very, very good point. Okay, good. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> We've cleared big, something big up. Big tip out there for those of you that couldn't figure that out. Um, we're a little, we're a little dense. Um, <laughs> I think that I watched that online somewhere, you know, how to gauge it. So, right. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And I saw that again recently. Right. So. Well, I'm glad that we cleared that up. Okay. <laughs> so, Very so good. we've got the, the knitted cast on, yeah. the cable cast on, on, the Mama Krista, the long tail. Right. Um, 
those are all basic cast-ons. Right. And then I know something that I used just recently, it's like the simplest of all, is the um, backward loop. Okay, I've never heard of that. Where essentially you're just, yeah, just making a loop. Here, we got some yarn here. Where's my yarn? I'm going <laughs> to show on the Anne floor. how to do this. Yay! Okay. But, you know, where you, all right, so let's say you start, but then, then you just do like, uh, so you just make a loop, and then. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's literally oh, just a loop. I think Mark was telling me about that. Yeah, that is easy. We should make a video of that and put it on our right. Instagram. Well, I think everybody has. Oh, no, a million billion. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that then is I, easy. I saw a version of that. I was looking at this book today called Cast On, Bind Off. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll talk more about that a little bit later. But, but in there, there was, um, and I'm trying to remember which one it was now, there was a, um, a method where you did the loop. Oh, no, I'm not going to remember. It's like you did the loop, but then you kind of knitted the stitch at the same time. Huh. Uh, I'll have to find where that one. But yeah. that was another basic. But right. in Dallas, our local yarn shop, Fleece, the owner, April, has done a series of kind of learn to knit um, on her YouTube channel. So if you go to Fleece Boutique and look for April Cordell, she does a, um, a knitted cast-on and a cable cast-on. Wonderful. Yeah. So those are good basic ones if you need to see something. Is use the same cast on, or do you follow the pattern? If the pattern tells you, I want you to use this cast on, do you do that? I know some people just stick with <laughs> one stick cast with on. And I read this morning or yesterday that if this woman was saying, if you're one of those people and you're just going to stick with one cast on and you're not going to do what the de designer says, long tail is probably your best bet. Okay. I don't know if that's true. That was somebody's opinion, but... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that's true. In my case, I, you know, n normally use the Mama Krista okay. because I like it and I know it works for me. Mm -hmm. Although recently, almost every project I've done recently has called for a provisional or tubular cast on. Okay. So in those cases, there's a reason that they ask you to do that. Obviously, if you have to do a provisional, right, which we'll talk about in a minute, you really need to do the provisional. Because or, does that mean that you're eventually going to have to pick up stitches off of that? Well, the beauty of the provisional is you're not picking up stitches oh, okay. because the provisional essentially leaves you with live stitches oh. at the end. Okay. So you don't have to pick up. The alternative is you would have to pick up. So I guess you could choose not to do okay. a provisional. And then when you go back to the place where you're just supposed to pick up those provisional stitches, you could just pick up stitches instead. Right. right. But... It probably yeah. isn't going to look as neat as. I, I, from what I was reading, you know, you probably, we probably should do what the designer wants us to do because, you know, all these different casts on have different qualities to them. Some are stretchy, you know, some are stretchy yet supportive. Like if you're, you know, if it's around a neckline and you want it to fit over your head, but yet you don't want your neckline to be droopy, you know, there are all these different types of cast ons that have these different qualities that you might want for that garment. So if you're always just doing a long tail instead of doing what the designer says to do, then you know you might not be happy with the garment that you end right. up with. Yeah, I think when it comes to you know being aware of the stretchiness, like you know obviously a yeah. hat. Right. Um, that's why a, a tubular cast on is very popular for a hat. Um, right. 
because it is stretchy, although that there are other, like the Mama, Mama Krista is pretty stretchy as well. Okay. Um, and there are other basic cast-ons that are considered stretchy. Right. Um, but, yeah. All and right. A, another S thing that I uh, read, too, was, you know, sometimes, you know, it's whether it's going to be seen or not seen is important, too. Like, you can have a decorative cast on in some way. I've done one that I think is considered, I don't know that it's decorative, but it's kind of considered um, a design element, I guess, the I-cord cast on. Oh, right. Okay. So that's, you know, we were going to talk about our special cast on. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, the I-cord, which is very interesting because I have never done an I-cord cast on, Okay. but I have done several recently, um, I-cord bind-off. So I was very curious right. about your yes. on. Yes, I, it was the Three Sisters Shawl by Don Barker of Chasing Rabbits Fiber. And I did this a whole year ago uh, when I'd only been knitting a year and how I figured it out. I'm not sure, but there are a lot of great, you know, videos online. And uh, the way that she explained it was she made an I-cord kind of dangling from the uh, the needle and then picked up the stitches off of that I cord and I found a great Stephen West video. He was probably the best one that I found. Um, he, uh, you know, and, and I figured it out from there. And ever since then I thought, boy, I hope I never have to do that again because I don't know if I could do it again. But a year later I started looking into it and I found a very pink knits, I think her name is Stacy Perry video. And she did an actual I-cord cast on that was like making the I-cord as she went along. Uh, um, and I, I feel like I probably could have done that instead of making an I-cord and picking the stitches up off of yeah, it. Yeah, it was very interesting because we, we yeah. watched that video right before we started recording because I couldn't, I understood what Anne was saying about the Stephen West and how you you make the I cord and then you pick up the stitches but in right. this very pinks video you are essentially left with live stitches while you're doing the right the I cord so that was kind of interesting and and so what it was it's she's doing the I cord but in the after you if you know how to do an I cord after you slip the stitches back to your left hand needle mm -hmm. that first stitch that you knit she's um, doing she's doing an increase we're knitting in the front and the back right and so it's that extra stitch that essentially gives you like your live stitches then right going forward so exactly so we we both learned something new we did we did <laughs> and and what's interesting is you know looking back an entire year this time I understood what both of them were doing I love that about knitting you know you 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 don't realize how much you're learning and how much more things make sense to you than they did a year ago and just watching that I could tell what both of them were doing and um, that made me somewhat proud of myself right. <laughs> you know and once again I'm always amazed that there are all these things that you know, I just didn't really know existed. And right. like, I understood that there was an I-cord bind off, but I didn't know about a cast on. And then, right. you know, then we learn yet like another method of it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, whoa, there's just an infinite amount of knowledge out there that we need to be brave about. <laughs> That's exactly right. Be brave, try things for sure. Recently, almost everything I've had to knit seems to have some specified special cast on and, uh, mainly provisional and tubular. Okay. 
And, and I had a little bit of problem with both of those. Um, I, I finally have them both down, but it took me a little hunting to, to kind of figure out how to do them the way that worked for me. Right. With the provisional, it seems like the preferred method of provisional are methods that all require using a crochet hook. Oh, and, I, and knowing I, how to crochet. I've tried that once and it did not go well. <laughs> and there's something about crochet, I just cannot do it. And I know in the past, I want to say I was working on something a year or two ago where I had to do a provisional cast on and the only thing I could find, you know, was with the crochet hook. So I got it out there and, yeah. and I somehow suffered through it, but it took me forever. My stitches looked terrible. And yeah, I don't get really, the crochet really thing bad. either. So I'm with you on that. Um, and so what I finally found, um, I found actually two videos that I really do like that have that are methods showing without the um, crochet hook. Um, one is a very pink knits. Okay, she's great. Um, and she was the one that I had watched her crochet hook one and, and tried to do it. But it's really funny watching these people do the with, work with the crochet hook because they think everybody is proficient with the Right, they know what they're doing. And they are going so fast that I couldn't even, like, figure out what, what they were doing. And just a little, um, maybe you don't know this, maybe people out there don't know this, but if you ever get into that situation... When you are watching a YouTube video and they are going at lightning speed, there is a little settings uh, thing that you can click on the lower right-hand side of the YouTube screen, and it will bring up, um, you, you, you can choose how fast it goes, and you can do half speed, quarter speed, quarter speed yeah, yeah. And, and of course the person speaking is going to sound like this, <laughs> but you know, you can turn that down and then watch them very, very slowly. That's a great tip, and I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I guess intuitively I knew that we could speed up when we were listening to podcasts. Right. I guess I'd never thought about it in terms of yep. YouTube. That's yep. great. And that little settings thing is it's not very obvious, but it's on the lower hand, you know, lower right hand side of your screen. Just right. look for it. Yeah, the little gear signal. Sort of gear, okay. yeah. So that, all right. That's, that's very good. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I had real trouble. I finally found um, the very pink knits and kind of got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. And then what I realized is I wanted to, I wanted to use, instead of using waste yarn, I wanted to use um, a circular needle or just a cable from mm -hmm. one of my interchangeables. Okay. And so that's what I have done recently, which is also um, just very, it's, it's a little harder and it kind of depends on your cable on your your circular needle, but it, it, it doesn't work quite as well as the yarn, obviously as the waste yarn, mm -hmm. but you can usually get the hang of it. Okay. And then to me, it's just nice because then you, you're just kind of, you just start knitting, right? Cause you, right. you've got the, the live stitches there. That's I also, a good idea. Just, just last night, once again, when I was kind of doing some research for this episode, I found a YouTube knitter that I hadn't heard of before called the nervous knitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, hmm. and, uh, she had a, um, 
a method of doing a provisional that was different than anything I had ever seen. Really? And I haven't tried it yet, but I I really, really liked it, and um, I think I will give it a go, and we'll, we'll give a link to that also. So. I think that that is just the beauty of YouTube and all that. I mean, you know, if you, if you feel like you can't do something, keep looking. Somebody out there will speak to you, you know, and, and, and will we'll teach it in a way that you can learn right. if and, you just keep looking. And in my case, like with the provisional, I was like, you know, I kept typing in provisional cast on, and all these ones that were popping up had crochet hook. And finally, I, and I just thought, well, okay, that must be, you just have to have a crochet hook mm -hmm. to do it. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, all right, certainly somebody's figured this out. And so I typed in one time, provisional cast on without crochet hook. <laughs> there you go. lo and behold, something popped up. I have, I'm, I'm going to challenge myself, though. I still think that there's an easier way to do a provisional. And I was experimenting with some things okay. um, yesterday. Um, I, I didn't really come up with anything <laughs> successful yet. Right. But... But I am determined that there's got to be an easier way to do a provisional cash on. Awesome. When you figure it out, I know. I let us know. I let you know. <laughs> Sounds good. And so tubular is the other one that um, seems to be on every project I want to do lately. And tubular is really great because when you're working with ribbing, and in most cases when we're making sweaters and hats and mittens, right. that we do have ribbing. And so a tubular will just, it's kind of like, I think of it as like the infinity pool of knitting, right? <laughs> that the edge, instead of having a, okay. you know, as the edge is going, let's say you're looking at the, the sweater and you're, you're laying it flat down and the, the ribbing is going kind of forward. Okay. And then when you get to the, you know, the cast on, usually you'll see kind of a, a horizontal line, right? Where right. The, the cast on, like if I was using Mama Krista, I'd see this, this horizontal line. Well, with tubular, it's kind of the waterfall effect. Oh. So tubular just, you know, looks like, you know, there is no horizontal line. Okay. And so by just by nature of what it is, it's very stretchy because right. it doesn't have stitches in between. Okay. Um, but tubular was another one that I really struggled with. And I think the first time that I found I had to use it was on an Andre Mowry sweater that I was making. Mm -hmm. And I went to her video and her I, I love her, and I think she's a great teacher, but her video on the tubular just did not work for me. Right. And so once again, I was kind of like, okay, what am I doing? And and I tried a couple others, and they were ones, and I didn't know about the little trick on YouTube to, 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 slow, right, it down. to slow it down. They were going so fast that I could not figure out what they were doing, even if I paused it every two seconds. Right. And I finally ended up... Um, with another YouTube knitting teacher I really, really like now called Freedom Knit. Oh, okay. And I like also like Freedom Knit because she's kind of a brave knitter. Oh, well, it she, sounds like it. She yes. has a philosophy of like, yeah, you can do anything. Right. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. Just one stitch at a time. So exactly. I really like Freedom Knit for the tubular. Okay. And then recently on a project that I'll talk about in my misbehaves, I mm -hmm. have I had to do a two-by-two tubular cast on okay and so the best person i found to do that was a guy called sockmatician oh yes i like him yeah do yeah you? i've seen okay. him before yes and um so i actually he and freedom knit kind of had the same method of doing tubular the it, 
they describe it differently and it looks differently when they're doing it, but I, I finally realized, oh, they're, they're really doing the same thing. And, um, but I liked how he described how you have to essentially, you know, because when you do the, the cast on initially, it's like knit, pearl, knit, pearl, knit, pearl, knit, pearl. Okay. And with two by two, you know, you want to change that. So you, you knit the first stitch, the next stitch is a pearl. Okay. So instead of purling it, you slip as if to knit the next two stitches. So that takes that knit stitch that is stitch number three at that point and puts it next on your right hand needle. Okay. And then you slip those two stitches back as if to purl, right? Okay. Like you right. normally would slip a stitch back. And then they're, so they're, so they're okay. positioned correctly. So then the next stitch on the needle is then a knit. You knit that. Okay. Then there are two pearls together. You, you purl those. The next one is a knit. And then the next two, you've got to twist and switch again. Okay. Um, well, it sounds like you figured out the tubular. I just wanted to add that I did read that um, you said that that's often used with ribbing, that you can uh, do the cable cast on with ribbing as well. There's a ribbed... Uh, cable cast on so oh, okay. you know I don't know if that's interchangeable or not but you know it's something yeah, to I'll think to, about I'll have to look at that yeah but it sounds like you've got the tubular yeah the tubular I, I, I've got it down now and awesome. when you hear about my misbehavior you'll you'll really know how I have it down <laughs> sometimes I don't I don't think you can truly understand something until you've really had a misbehave yes I, yeah that's how we learn exactly and and then other very popular for people who do socks. Okay. I'm not a sock knitter. I've yet. not knitted a sock yet. I have knit a sock. Yes, I have. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's going to change. Okay. Um, but there's something called Judy's Magic Cast On. Ooh. And it's essentially for people that knit toe-up socks. Okay. So think about how a sock is... So normally, like the the one sock I did make was was cuff down. Okay. So you, when you get to the end, you get to the the toe. You do a Kitchener stitch to put them together. But right. think about if you were going the opposite direction, you need a a stitch somehow that magically then turns into two turns into a tube, right? Right. Sure. Um, so that's what Judy's magic um, cast on does. And then oh, that's neat. I also found in this um, cast on bind off book. Um, two other methods. One is called the Turkish method, okay. and one is called the figure eight. And I think mm. the, my understanding is the figure eight is probably the one that was like the most common okay. until Judy came up with this magic one a few <laughs> years ago. And I guess it was initially in a, um, a nitty um, article oh, online. Cool. Maybe it's magically easy and just yeah. magically works. I, when when yeah. I start doing toe-up socks, I'm definitely going to use the... <laughs> there you go. Magic. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I agree. I agree with you. So, so we discovered there's really a, a lot, and we could go on right. and on. Oh, about absolutely. Cast-ons How much and, time do you have? Yeah, and, and we've talked for 27 minutes. Oh about my word. On. Okay, so that's probably more than any of you want to hear. <laughs> that's exactly right. They're all falling asleep right now. So shall we move on to move our raves, on, raves yes. and faves? What are your raves and faves? Well, um, we traveled over Thanksgiving, and I decided to cast on my In Good Company wrap by Lisa D. Frusha. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Up as Boss Trico, and I'm really, I, I'm really loving it, and I'm especially fond of the mohair yarn of the Leechen and Lace 
pressed flowers is the color way. Oh my gosh, so soft, so pretty, and I love the way that it's uh, working with the other yarn, and it's just a nice, relaxing knit. So I'm going to rave in favor about that today. I know, I'm so proud of you. You're being so brave, like knitting with mohair, number one, which is pretty brave. It's brave? And yes, and then holding two yarns together. Oh my gosh. And you are just really well, much braver than you know. Well, that's nice Nice of you to say. Wait until we get to the misbehave. <laughs> yeah. I, I see now how, what you're talking about a little bit, but yes. How about you, Rave and Fave? Um, I guess I'm going to Rave and Fave kind of about something we've already talked about. Number one, the, the knit freedom right. person. I don't, uh, I should know her name. I'm sorry. I don't know her name off the top of my head. But I went and looked at some of her other videos and I really liked those. So I would really highly recommend those. Okay, good. Um, but then also I have a little book called um, Cast On, Bind Off by Leslie Ann Bestor. And it's 54 step-by-step -step methods. So it has wow. many different um, cast-on and bind-offs. And so if you want a really quick, handy reference, mm -hmm. then I highly recommend this. In, I would say in 90% of the cases of the, the, the ones that I have tried in here, the, the method that they show and the instructions are pretty clear. They have very nice pictures. There are a few that I've tried in here that have not worked for me. The provisional one without a crochet hook that's in here mm -hmm. did not work for me. It created kind of a big knotted mess, so okay. I don't know. I'm sure I did it wrong, but I thought I was following their instructions. Um, and there, there were a couple others that I thought they didn't do a great job on. But, but overall, I think it's a great, handy okay. little book. Very good to know. like that. Okay. Misbehave time, right? Do you want to go first? Or I'll, you want me to go first? You tell, go first. Tell the big yes. sad saga. <laughs> the, the sad saga. Okay. Okay. My friend Pat, you have to stop listening now. <laughs> Do we need like violin music? Like yeah. something Pat, Pat, somber? Don't, Pat, don't listen because you'll listen at this podcast before Christmas and I'm going to talk about your Christmas gift. Okay. Turn away. Um, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> I... I, I made a, a hat for my friend Pat and I needed to do a two-by-two two tubular cast-on. Okay. So I found Sockmetician and learned mm -hmm. how to do it. I made that hat, and it was great. The hat looks wonderful. I'm done with it. I'm also making a second hat for my son's girlfriend okay. as a Christmas gift. So here I am doing the same pattern that I'd done before, and for this pattern, you had to cast on. It's a two-by-two two tubular cast-on, 120 stitches. My first try, um, and it's a hat, right? I tried to do it in the round, and it got twisted oh. as I was, you know, right. putting it in the round. And I think it has to do with the way you do this tubular cast on. The stitches are kind of twisted to begin with, so it's just not as obvious when you go to, to a... Um, to attach, is that the right word? I, get, um, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to attach in the round. So I got twisted, and so I had to pull that. All right. And then the second time, the final stitch kept coming undone when I went to join. Hmm. Um, the fix was to add um, a half hitch, which is okay. kind of like a backward loop at the end. And I learned that, I think, from Freedom Knit okay. later. So... The third time I messed up, 
And so I realized I had the wrong number of stitches, if you can believe that. <laughs> I can believe that. It happens to me quite often. Okay. Then on attempt number four, when you're doing a tubular cast on, you do these setup rows. So during the first setup row, I purled a few stitches that should have been slipped. So oh. when you're doing a tubular cast on, right. you knit one, slip one, knit one, slip one, knit one, slip. Okay. Well, or, or purl one, yeah. slip, purl one. Um, and I had, so at that point, it was just easier to right. rip it out rather than continue <laughs> on. Yes. Then to try to, you know, right. unknit and, and fix the mistakes. All right. So that was attempt number four. Then on the fifth try, I decided I'm not going to join in the round until completing a few rows, right? Okay. So that way I just don't have to worry about that because I was really having trouble with joining in the round okay. and, and things getting twisted. So on the second or third round after I joined, okay, so okay. I, I did several rows, finally joined on like maybe row three or four, right. and then I did three or four more rows or two or three rows after joining, I discovered it was indeed twisted. Oh my gosh. So, okay, that was attempt number five. <laughs> and then, then there were a couple attempts in between where my long tail was not long enough. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm not right. counting those. Right. Because I didn't get very far. Yep. And on attempt number six, again, I got past the first two setup rows and did the next row where you have to twist the stitches. Okay, this is what okay. I was talking about earlier. Right. And on the following row, I noticed I had done four purls together near the beginning of the row, and it just seemed too tedious mm -hmm. to... <laughs> so instead of being, you know, two by two, it was like two by two by four by two right. by... So, once again, I pulled that out. <laughs> Okay. Attempt number, I guess we're up to eight. At this point, I, being I missed, very brave. I missed, I missed seven somehow. Okay. All right. So on number, I finally got it right. I patiently cast Ooh. on. I did both setup rows. I joined without twisting and I had knitted about five rows after joining and noticed one of my two circular needles seemed a little larger than the other. And I thought, oh, well, no. I'm just imagining this. Right, of course. So, but after another row, I thought, uh, finally, I got out my needle gauge. Oh, no. And I was using a size 7 needle instead of a 5. Oh, my gosh. Because this is a pattern that you use a size 5 on the, the ribbing, and then you switch to something yeah. else. Yeah. I was using the larger needle. Oh, my gosh. So I pulled it out. Okay. Ugh. Attempt number 9. Got everything cast on. Did the two setup rows. But at the last three stitches of the twisting row, notice I had one extra stitch. Oh, no problem. I can, I can fake that. Sure. And also was ending up with two knits instead of two pearls. Okay. Right? Right. You know, yeah, yeah. In the round, you know, you should end up. Yeah. And there were several problems near the beginning of the row. Uh-huh. Again, too tedious to try to undo. Plus, at some point, it appeared twisted as well. Uh-huh. Tenth time a charm? A, a, a tenth attempt. Okay. Drove to Nordstrom and bought a hat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, number ten. I cast on. I did the two setup rows. They looked great. Twisting row is perfect. 
but I do a count, and I only have 110 stitches on the needle. Wow. I um, wanted to cry at that point. Yes. And my husband at this point is looking at me like, are, are you sure you want to keep doing this? I'm like, yes, I'm going to get it. I'm so glad to hear that somebody who's knitted for a very long time has nights like this as well because, yeah, so it happens to me more than I would like to admit. On attempt number 11, mm -hmm. Bailey's hat was a success. I have finished knitting it. It has been bound off. Yay. All is well. See, she persevered. She was brave. She did not give up. That's, she's tenacious. That was the I worst. Yeah, and then, that's bad. So I'm making a third hat of the same pattern for myself. Mm. Um, I only had to cast on three times for that one. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I, it's been a while since I've done anything in the round, and I have a feeling that when I do something in the round again, it's going to be like starting all over for me, like how to not twist it, how to, uh, you know, join it. That's the word we're looking for, join it. Join, yes. Yeah, in the round. So I can see that happening. Yes. So now your misbehave is going to seem much more benign, <laughs> well, right? Well, yeah, it was, I mean, it was no big deal, but just something that probably everybody does, but, um, because I had two different balls of yarn, um, wool and then the mohair and I was traveling, I had them in a bag together and they were misbehaving in there together. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing in there, but they were like getting all mm, not getting up. friendly. They were getting friendly. So I just decided to get two plastic sandwich bags and um, put one in each and, you know, zip, zip locked, you know, almost all the way across. And I kept them apart for the entire, uh, you know, uh, travel. Um, if I was at home, I could have used a yarn bowl with, you know, two different, um, you know, outlets for yarn. But I did not, you know, I was traveling, so I couldn't do that. And I did not have a bag that had the grommets, you know, two different grommets for that. So... Yeah, a sandwich bag, I a Ziploc bag. bag. This yeah. is great. And, and here's another little tip to add to that. Okay. You can't do it now, but if you punch a hole oh. in the sandwich bag. Oh, yeah, that's better. Then, and then just thread it out that way. Okay. Then you don't have to worry about that zippered edge and all that. Very good. Very smart. I like that. Okay. So how about crepes? Oh, I have a save. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have a save. And this really has to do with our, our yarn episode from right. a couple episodes back. But I, I like to wind my own yarn. So I always have mm -hmm. balls of yarn right. and, you know, that are always rolling around and coming unraveled. And <laughs> so this is not rocket science here, mm -hmm. but those little hair clips that just sort of, the you know, barrettes. The, yeah, the barrettes that kind of bend yep. to, to close right. that you can get, you know, like a hundred for $3 or something. Right. And the ones I get are covered with grow grade ribbon. Right. And I use those to keep my yarn balls clipped together and so that they don't unravel. Right. And I bet that that would kind of keep them from, you know, I mean, if you, if you balance them against that barrette, they won't roll too, maybe as much. Oh. That's right. Yep, yeah. exactly. So that's very, just my very one good. little quick little save. I like that. I like that. So craving right now, uh, as we're uh, recording this, we're in Advent, and um, I've a lot of people are doing Vlogmas, I'm sure. Uh, on YouTube, a lot of different podcasters or YouTubers who knit are doing Vlogmas, and that's just kind of an everyday uh, glimpse into their preparations for holidays and um, it's so much fun and I just really really thoroughly enjoy watching a lot of them have advent calendars that have yarn or 
Harry Potter Legos and their dogs have advent calendars, something to open up every single day. And it's just so much fun to watch. And I've, um, I really love to watch Anna Knitter in Austria and Homespun House. They have a great Vlogmas. And just there's there too many to count. But I found Vlogmas last year, and I just really enjoy it. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Okay, now this is really funny because we didn't talk about, before we started recording, we didn't talk about what our craves were. Nope. And my crave are, is an Advent socks Oh, that I just happened on the other day. I, I I don't. I wasn't looking for this, and I guess I think they just popped up on Ravelry as okay. something that's popular. But it's it's called Advent Socks 2019 by Natalie Sheldon. Okay, and they they're just cute socks. They are cuffed down, but you know you knit like a section every day, day right? Oh, how fun! You know, so you could do the twelve days of Christmas, sure. or you could do it as an Advent thing, um, but. It was just really kind of fun to see these socks. I'm, you know, I'm generally not a, a sock knitter, right? But I thought I could do these, and they were color work too. So oh, fun! And so it would be great for using up. I'm all about destashing and sure. using up these bits of yarn. Now, yep. if I had all the same yarn in like a fingering weight that was appropriate for socks, right. Which I don't. This would be great. But anyway, yeah. I just thought they were very cute. But it kind of led me on this other kind of, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and, sure. and at Ravelry when you start looking at stuff. And then I, I noticed that there are a lot of other similar projects, and I um, found something called the Mini Mania Scarf. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of the Advent calendars that people buy, they get minis every single day. Yes. So this is a way to use those minis. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is a free pattern by Sarah Core, I think is the last name. So it's Mini Mania Scarf. Um, and then I also found another... A shawl that was like kind okay. of an advent shawl with, you know, once again, these scraps of yarn. Yeah. Really pretty. I cannot find it. I went back to find the name of the pattern. I, I saw it late, late last night as I was falling asleep looking mm -hmm. at my iPad. I could not find it when I went back today. I know oh. it, it cost $9, but of all these advent sh shawls, I thought it was the prettiest. So if I okay. can find it between now and, well, eventually... I'll maybe add it to the show notes. But okay. in the meantime, there are several others up there, including one called Land of Sweets by Helen Stewart. Oh, oh, that would be good. She's she's a good designer. I so that one. So it was just kind of yeah, it's just yeah. kind of funny. We're both talking about Advent. Absolutely. But here yeah. we are in my Christmas decorated house. It's beautiful. Oh my word. So many Christmas trees. So beautiful. <laughs> all right. I think we've done it. We've done it. We've okay. all cast on. Go cast on. Go Be cast brave. On. <laughs> cast away. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today with Brave Knitting, and we will see you next time. And in the meantime, be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at BEE Brave Knitting and email us at BEE Brave Knitting at gmail.com. <laughs>